0: chapter eleven of raspberry jam by caroline wells this librivox recording is in the public domain Fifi, oh yes indeed mr shane mrs Embry is a dear friend of mine a very very dear friend and i would so gladly go to see her and comfort her counsel with her and try to cheer her up but "'Well, I asked her last night over the telephone "'to let me go to see her to-day, and she—she—' she... "'Mrs. de Cernay's pretty blue eyes filled with tears, "'and her pretty lips quivered, "'and she dabbed a sheer little handkerchief "'here and there on her countenance. "'Then she took up her babbling again. "'Oh, I don't mean she was unfriendly or—' or cross you know but she was a little well curt almost i might say cool and i'm one of her dearest friends and i can't quite understand it perhaps you must make allowances for mrs embury shane suggested remember the sudden and mysterious death of her husband must have been a fearful shock oh terrible yes indeed i do appreciate all that and of course when i telephoned last evening she had just had that long interview with you and your other detective mr what's his name and oh yes mr elliot answered my call and he told me just how things were but i did think dear eunice would want to see me but it's all right of course if she doesn't want my sympathy i'm the last one to intrude on her grief but she has no one no one at all except that old aunt who's half foolish i think what do you mean half foolish oh she's hipped over those psychic studies of hers and she's all wrapped up in spiritualism and occult thingamajigs i don't know what you call em She seems to me a very sane and practical lady. In most ways, yes, but crazy on the subject of spooks and mediums and things like that. Oh, Mr. Shane, who do you suppose killed Mr. Embry? How awful, to have a real murder right in one's own circle of acquaintances. I had almost said friends, but dear Eunice doesn't seem to look on me as her friend the blue eyes made a bid for sympathy and shane though not always at ease in the presence of society ladies met her halfway. now that's a pity mrs desternay i am sure you would be the greatest help to her in her trouble fifi desternay raised her hands and let them fall with a pretty little gesture of helplessness she was a slip of a thing and it was the morning of the day after the embry tragedy she was garbed in a scant but becoming negligee and had received a detective in her morning-room where she sat tucked into the corner of a great davenport sofa smoking cigarettes her little face was delicately made up and her soft fair hair was in blobs over her ears for the rest The effect was mostly a rather low-veed neck and somewhat evident silk stockings and bee-ribboned mules. She continually pulled her narrow satin gown about her, and it as continually slipped away from her lace petticoat, as she crossed and recrossed her silken legs. She was entirely unselfconscious and yet... THE DETECTIVE FELT INSTINCTIVELY THAT SHE CAREFULLY MEASURED EVERY ONE OF THE WORDS SHE SO carelessly UTTERED. WELL, MR. SHANE, SHE SAID SUDDENLY, WE'RE NOT GETTING ANYWHERE. JUST EXACTLY WHAT DID YOU COME HERE FOR? WHAT DO YOU WANT OF ME? THE DETECTIVE WAS GRATEFUL FOR THIS ASSISTANCE. I CAME, HE STATED WITHOUT HESITATION. To ask you about the circumstances of the party which Mrs. Embry attended here night before last, the night her husband died. Oh, yes, let me see. There isn't much to tell. Eunice Embry spent the evening here. We had a game of cards, and before supper was served, Mr. Embry called for her and took her home in their car. That's all I know about it. What was the card game? Bridge. For high stakes. Oh, mercy, no. We never really gamble. The fluttering little hands deprecated the very idea. We have just a tiny stake, to... Why? Only to make us play a better game. It does, you know. Yes, am and what do you call a tiny stake opinions differ you know and so do stakes the blue eyes flashed a warning of course we don't always play for the same indeed the sum may differ at the various tables are you prying into my private affairs only so far as i am obliged to ma'am never mind the bridge for the moment Was Mr. Embry annoyed with his wife, for any reason, when he called to take her home? Now, how should I know that? A pretty look of perplexity came into the blue eyes. I am not a mind reader. You are a woman, was Mr. Embry put out. Fifi laughed, a ringing peal. Was he? she cried, as if suddenly deciding to tell the truth i should say he was why he was so mad i was positively afraid of him what did he say that's just it he didn't say anything oh he spoke to me pleasantly he was polite and all that but i could see that he was simply boiling underneath you are a mind reader then i didn't have to be to see that The little figure rocked back and forth on the sofa as with arms clasped round one knee fifi gave way to a dramatic reconstruction of the scene come eunice he said just like that and you bet eunice went was she angry too rather oh you know her temper is something fierce when she's roused she's like a roaring lion and a raging bear as it says in the bible or shakespeare or somewhere speaking of shakespeare you and mrs embry went to see hamlet recently i believe oh yes when the avon players put it on everybody went didn't you you missed it if you didn't most marvellous performance Macbeth too that was perfectly darling i went to that with excuse me as to hamlet now did you notice particularly the speech about the poisoning of-of hamlet's father i should say i did why that speech by mr post he was the ghost you know was stunning as much applauded as the soliloquy itself he fairly made you see that poisoning scene was mrs Embry interested oh we both were we were at school together and we both loved shakespeare we took it special and we were terribly interested in the avon player's hamlet it was unlike any representation we had ever seen ah yes and did you-you and mrs Embry, discuss the poison used by the wicked uncle not lately but in class we discussed that years ago oh that's one of regulation Shakespearean puzzles you can't trip us up on our shakespeare either of us i doubt if you can find two frivolous society women who know it better than we do did you know that mr Embry was killed in a manner identical with the hamlet murder no what do you mean i've really not heard the details as soon as i heard of his death i called up eunice but as i said she wasn't cordial at all then i was busy with my own guests after that last night and this morning well i'm really hardly awake yet fifi rubbed her eyes with the back of her hand a childish gesture and daintily smothered a slight yawn but i am awfully interested she went on only only i can't bear to hear about a murder the details i mean i should think eunice would go crazy i should think she would be glad to come here i was going to ask her when she called me down but what do you mean killed like hamlet's father yes there was poison introduced into his ear as mr Embry slept really how tragic how terrible who did it? That's what we're trying to discover. Could do you think Mrs. Embry could have had sufficient motive? Eunice? Fifi screamed. What an idea! Eunice Embry to kill her own husband! Oh no! But only she and that aunt of hers had opportunity. You know how their bedrooms are. Oh yes, I know miss ames is using eunice's dressing-room and a nuisance it is too then you know that at night those three bedrooms are shut off from the rest of the house by strong bolts on the inside of the doors yes i know then don't you see as mr Embry was killed the doctors say about daybreak or earlier nobody could have done it except somebody who was behind those locked doors the windows tenth story and no balconies and two they all have flower-boxes except one and the flowers were undisturbed the one that hasn't a flower-box is on the side street in miss ame's room and that i looked out myself has no balcony nor even a board ledge it couldn't be reached from the next apartment, if that's what you're thinking of. "'I'm not thinking of anything,' returned Fifi. "'I'm too dazed to think. Eunice Embry, do you mean she's really suspected?' "'I mean that very decidedly, ma'am. "'And I'm here to ask you if you can give any additional evidence, any—' "'Any evidence? "'Evidence against my dear friend?' Why, man, if I knew anything, I wouldn't tell it, if it would go against Eunice. Oh, yes, you would. The law would force you to. But do you know anything definite? No, of course I don't. I know that Mr. and Mrs. Embry were not always cooing like turtle-doves. She had the devil's own temper, and he wasn't much better. I know he drove her frantic because he wouldn't give her some privileges she wanted, wouldn't allow her certain latitudes, and was generally pretty dictatorial. I know Eunice resented this, and I know that lots of times she was pretty nearly at the end of her rope, and she said all sorts of things that, of course, she didn't mean. But she wouldn't kill him. Oh, I don't think she would do that. Hmm so they lived like cats and dogs did they what an awful way to put it but well sanford didn't make eunice's life a bed of roses nor did she go out of her way to please him mr Embry was often a guest here he was not eunice came here against his will against his expressed commands oh she did And her visit here night before last, that was an act of insubordination? It was. I wouldn't tell this, but it's sure to come out. Yes, he had especially and positively forbidden her to come to that party here. And after he went to his club, Eunice ran away from home and came. Naughty girl. She told us she had played hooky when she first came in but good gracious mr sheen that was no crime in this day and generation a wife may disobey her husband and get away with it the arch little face smiled saucily, and fifi cuddled into her corner and again fell a-thinking i can't believe you really mean you think eunice did it she broke out why what are you going to do arrest her not quite although she is under strict surveillance at present what can't she go out if she likes no how perfectly absurd oh i have a notion to telephone and ask her to go for a drive what fun shane looked at the mischievous face in astonishment he was experienced in human nature but this shallow frivolous attitude toward a tragedy was new to him i thought you and mrs Embry were friends he said reprovingly oh we are or rather we were i'm not sure i can know her after this but you see i can't take it seriously i can't really believe you mean that you think eunice guilty why i'd a thousand times rather suspect the old aunt person you would shane shook eagerly could that be possible it could be possible this way fifi was serious now you see miss ames adores eunice she found it hard to forgive sanford for his trinical ways and they were trinical and miss ames might have by way of ridding eunice from a cruel husband might have oh i can't say it it sounds too absurd but after all it's no more absurd than to suspect eunice why don't you look for somebody else how could anybody get in i know impatiently but i have read detective stories and most always the murder is committed in what they call a hermetically sealed room and yet somebody did get in there's no such thing as hermetically sealed room don't you know what hermetically sealed means yes of course i do literally but that phrase is used in detective stories to mean an inaccessible room or a seemingly inaccessible one but always it comes out that it could be entered that's all very well in fiction ma'am but it won't work in this case why i looked over those door locks myself nobody could get in well leaving aside the way they got in let's see whom we can suspect there's two men that i know of who are dead in love with mrs Embry, and i dare say there are a lot more who can see a silver lining in this cloud what what do you mean shane was fascinated by the lovely personality of mrs desternay and he began to think that she might be of some real help to him though a skilled detective he was of the plodding sort and never had brilliant or even original ideas he had had a notion it would have been better to send driscoll on this errand he was himself attempting but a touch of jealousy of the younger and more quick-witted man Made him determined to attend to Mrs. Desternay himself. Well, Mr. Stupid, if you were in the presence of Mrs. Embry and Mr. Elliot and Mr. Hendricks, as you said you were, and didn't size up how matters stand with those two men, you are a queer sort of detective. Her light laughter rippled pleasantly, and Shane forgave her reproof by reason of her charm. Both of them? he said helplessly yes sir both of them she mimicked his tone you see mr shane it's an old romance all round when eunice ames was a girl three men fought for her hand the two we have just mentioned and mr Embry, who was the successful suitor and he succeeded only by sheer force of will he practically stole her from the other two and married her out of hand I suppose the lady agreed. Of course, but it was a marriage in haste, and I imagine that it was followed by the proverbial consequences. What do you mean? asked the dull-witted Shane. That they repented at leisure, at least Eunice did. I don't believe Sanford ever regretted. But those two men are Embrace friends. Sure they are oh friend shane were you born yesterday i thought detectives were a little more up-to-date than that of course they are old friends always have been since they made mud pies together in their boston backyards did you belong to that childish group me lord no i am simon pure middle west and i glory in it i'd hate to be of new england descent You have to live up to traditions and things. I'm a law into myself when it comes to life and living. And you met Mrs. Embry? At boarding school. We spent four years together, chums and all that. Then after we were both married, we drifted together again, here in New York. And somehow Eunice's husband didn't take to poor little Fifi one bit. I wonder why her look of injured innocence was charming and she had to make an effort to keep to the subject in hand so those two men admire mrs admire is a silly word they adore her they worship the ground she walks on they are no doubt decently decorous at the passing of their old friend but as soon as the funeral baked meats are cold enough look out for a marriage table on which to serve them did did mr m realize that his friends so admired his wife probably yes of course he did but he didn't care she was his she gave them no encouragement such things aren't done fifi's eyes rolled upward and i only tell you to show you that there are at least, other directions in which to look. But let me see, Mr. Hendricks was in Boston at the time of Mr. Embry's death. Then that lets him out. And Mr. Elliot, where was he? I haven't made definite inquiry. Probably he. Probably he has an alibi. Oh, yes, of course he has. And if he killed Sanford Embry he's more likely than ever to have a fine alibi look here mr shane i believe i could give you cards and spades and beat you at your little detective games you mix me all up with your ridiculous suggestions shane tried to speak sternly but was forced to smile at the roguish laughing face that mocked him all right play your own game i tried to help by suggesting more suspects in a multitude of suspects there is safety for our dear eunice and she never did it if you can't contrive a way for either of those two men to get through those bolted doors then turn your eagle eyes toward aunt abby she's a queer dick if you ask me and eunice Embry. well i admit i resent her coolness last night but i freely own up that i think her incapable of such a crime but you too discussed the poisoning business in the play we did but we discussed lots of other points about that play and compared it with other representations we have seen and oh you are too absurd to hang a murder on that woman just because she saw a murder on the stage or rather heard the description of one but that's the coincidence she did hear that murder described fully she did talk it over with you she did show a special interest in it then a week or so later her husband is killed by identically the same method she and she alone except for a mild old lady has opportunity to do the deed the instrument of death is found in her cupboard and she flies into a rage at the first hint of accusation of the crime. By the way, if, as you hint, one of those men did it, would they leave the medicine dropper that conveyed the poison in Mrs. Embry's rooms? Would they want to bring suspicion against the woman they love? Answer me that. There might be another solution, Fifi nodded her wise little head thoughtfully. Perhaps whoever did it, Try to throw suspicion on Miss Ames that makes him a still more despicable villain to implicate falsely a harmless old lady. No, I can't think that yet you think Mrs. Embry did. I don't know. Perhaps two women worked in collusion, or Miss Ames might have weakened and learned the truth and agreed to keep the secret. In fact, Miss Ames confessed that she did the murder. But we know she was not telling the truth then. However, she knows who did do it. I have no doubt of that. Well, Mrs. Desterney, I can't subscribe to your original, if rather impossible, suggestions. But I thank you for this interview, and I may say you have helped me. I have? How? Not against Eunice. Never mind, ma'am i must get off by myself and straighten out my notes and see where i stand are you going to telephone to mrs Embry again no and the little head was tossed proudly if she wants me let her call me up i did my part now i will subside and too if she's is oh i can't say it but I'll wait further developments before I decide just where I stand in regard to Eunice Embry End of Chapter Eleven.